Lord, we thank you and we bless you, Lord, that that even when we don't feel it, you're working and that you never stop. You never stop working. And in the world today, God, with so much going on, so many opinions and conspiracy theories and all type of stuff going on behind the scenes. We thank you that we serve a God that is king and is supreme and that even when we don't feel it, you're working on our behalf. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you that if God be for us, who can be against us and nothing can separate us from the love of God. So we thank you that we serve a God that even when we don't feel it, because sometimes we don't feel like it. Most times we don't feel like it. But even when we don't feel it, you are working. So we love you for that. And that's the God that we serve. And that's the God we trust and bless and praise and lift up and believe. Because, Lord, you're omnipresent. You're everywhere. You're omniscient. You're all knowing. We thank you, Lord. That you're all powerful. And we love you for that. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. So let me go over a few announcements. Um, just once again, thank you so much for being here. And members, make a note that today at 2 p.m., you should have already received your, um, your Zoom coordinates for our members meeting today. If you haven't received them, please email me at life at southbayalc.com. And if you are a visitor and you say, Pastor, I want to be a member, then email me at life at southbayalc.com and I'll make sure you have the coordinates for today's members meeting. Two o'clock and we should be finished by three o'clock. I'm really excited because we have our we have three of our missionaries that we support uh, that are going to be there since it's since it's uh, via Zoom and they're in different parts of the country. They can come in and share what they're doing. And so it's really exciting. I'm really looking forward to it. So you all can see some of the great things that our missionaries are doing. And as we go in and talk about giving and as you're you're giving, you see what you're supporting and you're supporting the gospel going to a, a lost, fallen, dark, dying, decaying world. And that is a great thing. And it's needed more today than ever. Uh, so speaking of your giving, if you're uh, giving on your desktop, you just go to the southbayalc.com, push the giving icon and proceed accordingly. On your cell phone, you push the three bars on the end at our website, southbayalc.com, and then go ahead and give accordingly. And if you want to mail it in, you make the check payable to South Bay Abundant Life Church or SBALC, mail it to three. 553 Atlantic Avenue, Suite B-279, Long Beach, California, 90807. I want you to make a note uh, for this Wednesday Bible study. Uh, we are in 2 Samuel chapter 22 again. We were there last week, so powerful, talking about the thanksgiving and being thankful to God. Uh, we only got through the it was so powerful. We only got through the first seven verses. So we will be in Second uh, Samuel, chapter 22 again this week. So go ahead and read it. Prepare. Uh, we'll highlight the first um, seven verses and then we'll start with verses eight through 16. But it is so powerful. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss it this week. And I'm thankful that it carried over to next week because to this week, because it was just that powerful. Um, 
And then if you have any prayer requests, prayer needs, then please uh, email us at life at southbayalc.com. And I want to encourage you all that are having your first meal after service, continue to, continue to pray, continue to fast for guidance, for direction, for healing. Um, so a lot going on in the world today and just praying for, for clarity from God, wisdom from God, guidance from God, um, so that we can be right where God wants us to be. Family, you don't want to be anywhere other than where God wants you to be. So be praying for that clarity. Be praying for that wisdom. Be praying for that direction so you can be right where God wants you to be. You do not want to be too much going on in the world today to be out of position. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and uh, get right into the word. Um, so let us pray. Uh, Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We love you. We need you. We need your word this morning, God. We don't need opinions, our suggestions, our recommendations, our thoughts, but we need the word of God because we know that the word of God has already been settled in heaven. It's not going to change. God, we have to line up with your word. Your word's not trying to line up with us. Your word has been established from the beginning of the earth. So we have to get in line with it. It's not going to change. It's not going to bend. It's not going to bow for us. The word goes from generation to generation. Heaven and earth will, will fade away, but God's word will never fade. That's why we need your word as the foundation of our life, Lord. We thank you that it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It illuminates the way your word does. So we try our best to navigate through a dark, fallen, broken, dying, dead, and decaying world. Bless your people to hear. Bless your word, Lord. We open our hearts and minds to receive what God is speaking to us this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, family, please open your Bibles to Acts chapter 16, and we'll start at verse 29. As we're still in the series you can believe that the good shepherd, we're still talking about the good shepherd. And then in the series, <laughs> we're in the, the subtitle, the singing suicide and salvation. And so we're still in, we've, we've gone over the singing and the praising. We've gone over the suicide and now we're in salvation. And we're seeing how this jailer and his whole family was saved, rescued, delivered, set free, liberated through Jesus Christ. And Paul and Silas are giving them the blueprint to be liberated. And we're learning from that. And so we pick it up in verse 29. It says, then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Family, when, when, it, when times get tough, you're not worried about anything, but God, how can I be rescued from this that I'm going through? And remember, he was talking about a, a physical rescue, but Paul and Silas gave him so much more, gave him a physical, a mental, emotional, a relational, and a spiritual, more importantly, a spiritual rescue through Jesus Christ. Verse 31 they said, trust on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be rescued and your house. Then this is where we have gotten stuck at. And they spoke unto him the word of the Lord. So make a note right off that the word of the Lord is what leads to salvation. They told him to trust God, which is part of the word. Right. So we know that trusting in God is the word. 
and then they gave him the word. Uh, Paul being a Pharisee of Pharisees, he took him to the Old Testament. He took him to the New Testament, talked about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But he gave him the word. He didn't give him opinion. He said, let me think what might save you. Uh, what could possibly it's, it's no, he said, let me give you the word of God, which is guaranteed to save you. So make a make a note that the word of God leads to salvation. I'm going to take my time with it this morning. I'm going to do some reading, not because uh, I want to read, but because um, I don't want to miss anything that God has given me to give to you. So let's take our time with this. When 10 o'clock hits, we'll stop right there. So he gave him the word of the Lord. And so. Let's take a, a deeper look. I, I don't know how long we're going to take on the word of God because it's just so, so vast. It's, it, it's so deep. Um, it just keeps taking us deeper and deeper. For example, let's go turn with me to Psalms 119.11. Paul gave him the word of the Lord. So Paul shared something like Psalms 119.11 with the jailer. Psalms 119, the longest uh, book of the Bible, the largest. Well, let me refer that. Yes, the largest book of the Bible. And then 119 is the largest chapter. And it speaks a lot of the word of God. Go figure that. How powerful is that? Psalms 119:11. Paul says, God's word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you, against God. So Paul is saying that the word of God prevents us from just falling off the deep end and getting involved in all type of sin. It doesn't mean that we won't sin anymore. It doesn't mean that we're sinless. But when we hide the word, that word hide um, in the Hebrew, it means to treasure. So you got you have to treasure the word in your heart. When, when you treasure the word in your heart, it's just certain things that you, you won't do because that that word is treasured in your heart. So David is saying, I have treasured I've hid God God's word is a treasure in my heart and so I just don't go off the deep end he said I'm not he's not saying that he's sinless but he's saying that he will sin less because the word of God is in his heart and because of that supernatural power that's in our heart it's just a certain standard because of the word now here's here's the problem if you are biblically illiterate um, then and you don't have the word in your heart, then you live your life by emotions. You live it by feelings. You live it by opinions. You live it by conspiracy theories. You live it by suggestions. And that is a problem as a child of God. Family, we can't be biblically illiterate because then we can't hide the word because we don't know the word. And then that means that it's OK to sin because I'm not as bad as everybody else and everybody's doing it. And I'm OK and I'm not hurting anybody. But that's totally contrary to the word of God. So David said, I've hid God's word in my heart so I don't live raggedy and I don't get caught up in all type of stuff. Not that I don't sin because God is so holy and so perfect that we commit sins unknowingly. But because I have his heart, his word in my heart and it's my treasure. Then there's certain things I don't do. The, and I'm definitely I sin much less than when I wasn't saved. Somebody say amen. It says the word of God is a, is a treasure. It's, the word hid means treasure, a secret place. It, it covers. Isn't that something? When you hide it in your heart, it's a secret place. The word of God has a secret place in your heart. It covers, it protects, and it guards your heart. 
Make a note, and, and we've said it before, but the heart, you say, Pastor, what is the heart? The heart is your emotions. So the word of God is, is covering and it's guarding your emotions and your feelings, your mind, your, your thinking, your knowledge, your understanding, your reflection, your memory. This is all what the heart is. Let me say it again. It's a lot to it, and you see why we need the word to guard it, because it's, it covers so much of who we are. Our heart, it's our emotions, it's our feelings, it's our mind, it's our thinking, it's our knowledge, it's our understanding, it's our reflection, it's our memory, it's our conscience, it's our determination. The heart is your courage, it's your appetites, it's your passion, it's your inner person. That's a lot going on in your heart, family. It's a lot. And you got to have the word of God covering that because it's so much. It, your, your memory can take you somewhere you don't need to go. Your reflection can take you somewhere you don't need to go. Your understanding can take you somewhere. Your knowledge can take you somewhere. Your emotions, your feelings, your appetites, and even your courage can take you somewhere you don't need to go. So we treasure God's word in our heart and it prevents us from going places mentally that we don't need to go. And sin means, sin means to miss the mark, to miss the target. He said, so I won't sin. What does it mean by sin? Sin means that I won't miss the mark. I won't miss the target. I won't go the wrong way. I won't lose myself. Sin allows you to lose yourself. Somebody say, man, y'all not going to talk to me this morning. We can be so deep in sin, we don't even know who we are. We forget who we are in God. It's like... Even when you're in a in a in a boat. In the midst of the sea, you might not be doing anything, but you can drift so far out that you, you can't even find the shore anymore. And that's how sin is. You you think it's, it's just a little bit. And I'm just sitting here and it's but it's taking you so far out that you will lose yourself. David said that I've treasured God's word in my heart so I don't lose myself. <laughs> Family in, 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 in today's culture in today's climate, you got to have something in your heart. David said, make it God's word so you don't lose yourself with all this stuff going on because heaven and earth will pass away and God's word will last forever. Don't lose yourself. Look at verse 12. Then he says, because I have God's word in my heart and because I've treasured it, because I'm not losing myself, then I can bless God, right? Verse 12, bless you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes and the statutes. If it says statutes, commandments, law, word, it's all the same. So David says, because I've treasured your word in my heart, I'm going to bless you. Make a note. Bless means to salute, to adore, to thank, to praise, to celebrate. It also means to marry. Think about that. David said, I will marry you, Lord. And then in, in, in Psalms 145, verse two, he says, I will bless you and I will praise you every day. He's saying, God, I'm so in love with you, God. Number one, that's why I treasure your word in my heart. But God, I'll marry you. I will commit to marrying you every day. Wow, that's deep. David said, I'll, I'll live like a married man every day and I'm married to God every day. Pretty deep. So so family, whether you realize it or not, it, the word praise, it means to to commune. It means to to celebrate. It means to congratulate. Uh, it means to to lift up. It means to shine. And it also means to marry that you and God are 
married when you praise God. The word says God, Psalms 22, it says that, uh, that God inhabits the praises of his people. So when we're praising God, that's why it's so important to praise God every day. You got to get your, you, you got to get your, you got to keep your connection to God. Why do you think you don't feel like it? The enemy doesn't want you committing to God in a, in a relationship that's like a marriage relationship. He wants you to marry him. He wants you to do whatever you feel like doing. He doesn't want you to live according to the word. He wants you to get caught up in all type of sin and debauchery and just get so far out that you forget who God is and you lose yourself. David said, because I've hid and I've treasured your word in my heart, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to marry you. I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to congratulate you. I'm going to salute you, Lord. Look what he says in verse 12. Blessed be, blessed art thou, O Lord. And O Lord, that's the, uh, that is the existing one. That's the Lord Jehovah, and it means the existing one. God, you're blessed because you are the exist, existing one. Then he says, teach me your statutes. And, and, and you want to take notes on this. Uh, the word teach. Um, David said, teach me. And the statutes mean, statutes mean the word of God. But the word teach means to instruct, to train, to learn, to become an expert to motivate, to stimulate and inspire me. And, and he's saying that's what he means to teach. God, teach me, not just teach me, but then uh, train me, help me to become an expert so then I can instruct others in the word. That's what David is saying. Um, and then the, the statutes uh, means this. Uh, make a note. Statutes means commandments. It's, it means an appointment. It's a it's a set time. It's it. It's a boundary. It's a prescribed limit. It's a prescribed portion and a prescribed task. <laughs> uh, so David is saying. Uh, the existing one. Teach me, train me, help me to become an expert so I can instruct others in your commandments and let them know that there's an appointment, that we all have an appointment. We have a set time, we have boundaries, and there's a prescribed limit within God's word. Hear what I'm saying, family, within God's word, you talk about the purpose of it, you have an appointment. It's a set time, that's what statutes mean. It's, a, it's as God is working on us, it's a set time, it's, it's boundaries, it's a prescribed limit and portion, and there's a prescribed task, something that God has for us within his word. And that's why it has to be a treasure in our heart. And we have to study the word and treasure the word, live by the word, treasure the word in our heart. Otherwise, we'll never find out the timing of God, the appointment of God, the task and the limits that God has for our life. The, the, the statutes, the commandments, it's not a list of do's and don'ts. Don't ever get caught up in that stuff. It's not do so I can't do. No, you're looking at it the wrong way. It's 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 a prescribed limit. It's a prescribed portion. It's a boundary. It's a set time. It's an appointment. God says it's a purpose to your life and you can't live raggedy. And they prevent us from self-destructing. I mean, it's, it's simple. Every parent um, understands that, that you just don't let your kids do anything they want to do. You know, we had we had rules in the house. You, you don't play ball in the house. Right. You don't. You don't run in the house. 
Right. It's just certain things that mom and even our, our parents would say, we don't want you playing ball in the front and not in the street and all that. Why? Because you could get hurt. So why would God let his children run wild and live raggedy? You got to have boundaries. He's saying it's a set appoint, appointed time. And he says it's a prescription. The statutes, the commandments, the word is like a prescription. And this 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 kills me because we see it in the natural. But in the spiritual, we fight it. Um, the doctor prescribes medicine for those of you who take medicine. It's, it's certain medicines you take every morning at this time and every night at this time before you go to bed. Once, because it, we'll trust the doctor more than we'll trust the true and living God. We'll put more stock in medicine than we will the word of God. God forgive us for that. We'll wait hours and hours and listen to a doctor. And you know, doctors don't heal. God heals. Thank you, Lord, because you healed. Doctors just prescribe medicine. That's all they do. But let's try this. And then you go back and you say, well, you know, what? I was allergic to that. It didn't work. You say, oh, OK, all right. Well, let's try this one. then. all doctors do is prescribe medicine and we'll take their word over the word of God. And the word of God, it says it's a prescription. It teaches us how to live so we can mature, we can grow in God and we can progress and move forward. And we fight against it because it it requires us to humble ourselves. We'll see. We're going to get there in a minute. I'm getting ahead of myself. So, so family, make a note. It says right here, just like when a doctor gives you a prescribed amount of medicine, you would be foolish to take more uh, than a doctor told you to take. Doctors say, just take one. But you say, I'm really feeling bad, doc. I want to take two or three. I wouldn't recommend it. God says, look, within the word, I'm, I'm prescribing you. And it's not for a physical uh, physical reason. And what actually it is because it keeps us from self-destructing, but it's for our spiritual growth. The word, that's why Paul and Silas gave him the word. They didn't give him some medicine or some theory. They gave him the word because this is what's going to sustain you. This is the rock. This is not a sandcastle. This is what you, what's going to allow you to live for God and have a victorious Christian life. You don't have to live a defeated Christian life. Treasure God's word in your heart and you see that you start to progress and you have victory in life with Christ. The word says that Christ has come to give us life and that more abundantly extraordinary, complete life in God. And Paul and David saying you don't don't have to live raggedy. And Paul and Silas gave the jailer the word. Just like when a doctor gives you a prescribed amount of medicine, God gives you and I a prescribed amount of teaching. Come on, get this family. God gives you and I a prescribed amount of teaching, testing, learning and training so we can trust God and treasure so we can trust and treasure God and his word in our heart. Let me say that again. God gives you and I a prescribed amount of teaching, testing, learning and training so we can trust and treasure God and his word in our heart then that allows us to grow, mature, and sin much less in our daily lives. There you go. I love that. Let me read that again. God gives you and I a prescribed amount. Teaching, testing, learning, training, so we can come to trust and treasure God's word in our heart and in our life. Then this allows us to grow. It allows us to mature and sin much less in our daily lives. And when I say trust God, when you put your trust in God, it means that you believe that God is going to do what his word says he will do. But you got to know what the word says so you can trust and you can stand on it. And it's your foundation. 
And, and, and family, as, as weird as it sounds, let me say, it, you can't trust God just by reading his word. You can't. You can learn about it, but it's just some things you got to go through. You don't even know how much of this word is in you. You don't know how much you love God. You don't know how much you'll take a stand for God until you go through something. You don't know. Uh, it's just like when, when, I was, when I was in junior high school, I was in a, a jazz band and a jazz workshop. I know it's hard to believe, right? But I, I played the trumpet, I played the cornet. And I would look at those musical notes on the page and they would look good, but when you gotta put that cornet up to your lip and you gotta, man, it, you just can't, you can't learn how to play the, the trumpet by looking at the notes on the page. You can, you know what they say, you know what a two count rest is, you know what an eighth and a quarter note and all, you know all that stuff. But you don't know what you know until you got to blow that horn and you're on stage and thousands of people are watching. You don't know. When you play, when you play ball, those of who are athletes, you play football, they give you a playbook. You read the playbook. Oh, I can play. No, you can't. You don't know what's going to happen until you get on that field and you take your first hit. You won't forget everything that's in that playbook. And then for my cooks out there, you just can't cook uh, by reading a cookbook and uh, um, and watching a YouTube video, oh, I can cook. No, you can't. You got to actually cook and then let your family taste and they'll let you know. <laughs> they'll let you know if you can cook or not. But it's some things you just have to go through. You just have to experience and you can't learn about God by reading it. God has to send you through the tests. That's why you got to treasure the word in your heart. You, it's some things, family, we, we fight against it. Why would God do it? Because there are some things you got to go through because you don't even know yourself until you go through how strong your commitment is to God. And if God doesn't test you, we talked about it, I believe last week, and all my teachers, my educators, they know, they have to give a test, you have to give an assessment. Why would God be any different? And it's really not for the teacher, it's really for you, because you don't know where you are. You don't know what you're learning. You don't even know how strong you are until you go through. That's why Paul and Silas gave him the word. Paul and Silas had to go through. They're speaking from experience. They're telling, look, I got to give you the word of God because it's going to strengthen you because you're going to have to go through. Paul was beat. Paul was shipwrecked. Paul was bitten by a viper. And then he writes that all things work together for good. How do you know all things work together for good? And you haven't been through anything. You're not going through anything. You don't know. That's why Paul and Silas gave him the word. So it'd be no question that it does work together for good. But it, you and I, if we don't go through, we don't know. Okay, let me, I'm, I'm, I'm fooling around. Push the share button, Facebook family, it gets better, all right? Let's go to Psalms 119 and 71. Push the share button, Facebook family. You, you want to share this with your friends and family. You really do. You want them to get this word this morning. It helps you to minister to them. Because the word is simple. We're not going to complicate this thing this morning. We're going to keep it real simple. Psalms 119, let's stay in the same chapter, Psalms 119.71. Look what David said, it was good for me that I have been afflicted. <laughs> right, let me make it real simple. Uh, well, afflicted, Hebrew, afflicted. It means humbled, disciplined, disciplined, made weak, oppressed, depressed, mishandled, and humiliated. David said it was good that I got mishandled. Are you serious? 
David said it was good that I got humiliated. Why was it good that he got humiliated so that I might learn your statutes? Right. David saying it's good that I got afflicted so I could learn your statutes. And we already talked about what the statutes are. Right. So that David could learn that there is an appointed time, a set time that I could learn your boundaries, your prescribed limits. It was good that I was humiliated so that I could learn that God has for me within God's word and within God's purpose. There's an appointment. There's a set time. It's a boundary, a prescribed limit, a prescribed portion and a prescribed task. David said it was good that it got humiliated. I don't know. <laughs> but then you break down good. I'm telling you, family, it gets better. You break down good. What does good mean? David said it was pleasant. It was agreeable. It was a benefit. It was a progress. It caused me to progress. It was a excellent. It was excellent. And it was a blessing. The word that means purpose. So we're talking the purpose of all this. It was good. It might not have been good when you were in it and what you were going through. But David is saying it was good. It was pleasant. Let's break it down. It was pleasant. It was a benefit. It caused me to progress. It was excellent. It was a blessing that I got humiliated, that I got mishandled, uh, that I got disciplined by God, that I was made weak by God, that I was oppressed and depressed. Why? Because it said it helped me to learn so I can learn, right? Uh, is that what it says in, in your Bible? For I've been afflicted that I might learn. That word learn means to be trained as an expert and an instructor. What is the right amount and the set time of God, God's prescriptions to grow, mature and learn God's word. Let me say that again. David said it was it was a blessing for me to be humiliated. Wow. <laughs> Woo. Uh, it's a blessing for you to get humiliated on your job so you can learn that you got to trust God and not some company. It's a blessing that you get humiliated. Sometimes by your family and your friends so you can learn that your trust needs to be and your confidence needs to be in God and not in man. That's what David is saying. When, when that happened, then I learned who I could really trust. And I should have been trusting God from the beginning. But it was good that I got mishandled, that I was oppressed and depressed. And I was humiliated. So then I learned that God has a set time for me. God has a certain task for me. I can't live like everybody else lives. I know family it's, it's tough, but as Christians, as believers, we can't do what the world does because we're going to get humiliated. It just means to be humbled and you need to be humbled. Christ says that you have to deny yourself. Then pick up your cross and follow him daily. Denying yourself means you got to humble yourself. So there's no more you. So you can trust God with 100 percent of what you have. Oh, it's not a popular message, but it's the word of God. Learn means to be trained as an expert and an instructor. He says, God, all the stuff I went through, it was for me, but it really wasn't for me. It was for me, but it wasn't only for me. I was being trained. I was being I became an expert and an instructor in God's word. So now I can teach others. 
And that's what Paul and Silas did. They've, they've gone through so they can teach the jailer so he can teach his family. They all get saved and then they can go through and they build their life on the foundation, which is the rock of Christ and not on a sandcastle. So David said it was good that I was humiliated. And so here it is. The great physician, which we know is Jesus Christ, which is God, gives us the you might want to write this down or I don't know, but but listen carefully. The great physician gives us the correct amount of affliction at the right time. Mm. <laughs> God gives us gives us the 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 right, the correct amount of affliction. At the right time. It's just like your, the, the naturally prescribed medicine. It, it's a time and proper amount. We've talked about it. You can take so your body functions properly the way that God created it to do. God does the same thing for our spiritual growth. Make a note. God does the same thing for our spiritual growth. The correct amount of affliction, the correct amount of humiliation, uh, the correct amount of mi being mishandled and, and, um, and disciplined and made weak. The correct amount at the right time allows us to grow spiritually. You can't grow when everything is going well because then you think it's all you. So God sends the correct amount of affliction at the right time so you, you and I can mature and grow in the word of God. And that's a blessing. Then we're able to teach others. So you got to understand we've been fighting affliction um, we've been fighting and, 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 you know, it's just the pride that prevents us from being humble. And so then God has to humble us. And again, make a note, the word humble means humiliated. It doesn't feel good. But remember, God's trying to teach you how to grow. You got it. We have to get out, of our, get out of our own way. We have to be more God conscious and less self-conscious because when it's about me, then I'm going to get humiliated and 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 humbled all the time. Because it's only so far we can go naturally. So, so take a look, because I'm telling you, sometimes we're upset with people. Oh, they humiliated me. He humiliated. But it's, that's really not your problem. Your problem's not people. Your problem is actually God because you refuse to humble yourself. My problem is, is not my wife. My problem is not my kids. The word of God tells me how to treat people how to love my wife, how to love my kids, how to raise my kids. So when I have a problem with them, then that's because I'm not functionally functioning properly according to the word of God. So my problem is not them. The problem is me and my relationship to God. Um, it tells me how to how to treat my 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 neighbor. It tells me to even love my enemy and and, and pray and bless those that persecute me. So you got to humble yourself to pray for your enemy. See, your problem is not with people. Your problem is with God because God tells us what to do. We just refuse to do it. My boss at oh, my job, I don't have a problem. He's not my problem. The word of God in Proverbs 21 1 says the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord and God turns it like the channels of water. God turns it whichever way he wants to. If you didn't get the promotion, it's because God didn't turn that heart your way. It's not with the boss. It's with you and God. Look at Exodus um, 16 and 2. It's, it's nothing new. 
Please turn there with me. Exodus 16. And you need to see this. You're walking around upset with people. You're walking around in your house. You're upset with your, your spouse and your kids. And that's not the problem. It's because you refuse to humble yourself to let God humiliate you so he can build you up the way that he wants to. That God is forcing you to grow spiritually and you're taking it out on everybody else and you're making them the problem. And the problem is really the vertical with you and God. Exodus 16, 2. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. See, you're going through a wilderness experience. It's a lot of uncertainty. And the people right here, the children of God, they're taking it out on Moses and Aaron because they're what's in front of them. Oh, but let's go and look at verse eight, six. Stay there. Exodus 16 and eight. And Moses said, this shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening fresh uh, flesh to eat and in the morning bread to the full for that the Lord hears your murmuring. See, they think they're murmuring against uh, Moses and Aaron. But God sees the problem is not with Moses and Aaron. It's with God. And God hears your murmuring. And God is saying, I have to humiliate you. I have to discipline you. I have to make you weak so I can teach you need to humble yourself so I can teach you that there's a set time. There's an appointment. There's a certain task and boundaries and limits in my word that I have for you so you can grow spiritually. Stop fighting it. Here's verse eight. Let me read it. And Moses said, this shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat in the morning bread to the full for that the Lord hear your murmurings, which you murmur, which you're grumbling, which you're complaining against him. And what are we? This is Moses Aaron said, what are we? We just we're the messengers. Your family's just a messenger. Your boss is just a messenger. God is the one trying to get your attention. We're just the messengers. Moses says, what are we? Look at that. Right after that, he says, and what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against God. Your problem's not with us. Your problem's not with man. Your problem's not with somebody with the color of the skin. Your problem is with God, because God told you to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And you're walking around upset with people looking at their skin color and what they have and what they don't have and their different language. And you got the problem with God. And it's not them. And God's trying to teach you and you refuse to listen. It's the word right here. That's why he said it was it was good that I got humiliated. Then I could learn about God. And some of us know we've been in some crazy situations and 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 and, and most of us have prayed the prayer. Lord, if you get me out of this, I promise, God, if you get me out of this time, I will serve you. God, I, I, I've reached such a low point where I'm so humiliated. I'm so frustrated. I, God, I'm throwing my and you say, finally, and we don't have to get to that point. Before you just allow God to work in your life. Look at verse 70. Let's go back to Psalms 119. And 72. So family, stop fighting against God. Stop taking it out on people. Apologize to your spouse. Apologize. See, and you refuse. You you're so prideful. You refuse to even humiliate yourself, which means to humble yourself and apologize to your spouse. You refuse to apologize to your kids. You refuse to apologize to your boss, your family, your parents, your siblings. You're so prideful. You, you can't even. That's the first step of allowing God to work to your life, work in your life. Make yourself self weak. 
Become afflicted, make yourself weak, you get humiliated. So what you got mishandled? God said, I, I allowed that so that you could learn about me and you could grow. We refuse to take that step. I'm not going to apologize. You don't know what they did to me. Well, I know what Christ has done for you. And if you understand that, it shouldn't be that hard to humiliate yourself. Humble yourself. Look at verse uh, 72. Psalms 119.72. David says, the law of your mouth, your word is better to me than thousands of gold and silver. Come on now. David was the king. He had, he had all types of gold and silver. Anything you could want, David had. And he said, but God, your word, because it's taught me how to live. It's given me a foundation that can't be shaken. Let me say it again. The word of God will give you a foundation that can't be shaken. And David said, your word is better to me than 10,000, thousands of thousands of gold and silver. We out here caught up in the rat race and trying to make money. I have nothing against it. I'm, I'm, I'm ambitious. I have dreams. But I know that God's word is not going to fade away like silver and gold. I know that God's word is not going to become obsolete like, like money will at, at some point and one day. The Roman Empire we talked about, as great as it was, it fell. The Egyptian Empire all of the great empires of the past, they crumbled as great as they were. And as much as they were worth at their heyday, at the height, their, their currency and everything. You know, that's why David said, man, all this stuff doesn't mean anything. And by the way, you know, we can't take it with us. I think I shared with you before when we were in Egypt, we went to the uh, Museum of Egypt, a beautiful place. And you see the gold umbrellas, you see the gold chariots. And they had all those stuff in the tomb saying that we're going to take it with us on the other side. It winds up in a museum. That's why David said, only thing that I'm going to treasure in my heart is your word. It's better to me. And let me break it down. The word, um, uh, the word better is, is, he said, God's word is more valuable. God's word is, is, is blessed. It's beneficial and it's excellent. God's word is more valuable than stocks and bonds and, 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 and money and and. And anything else, our retirement accounts, our 401ks, and we, we need all that stuff and we should have all that stuff. But don't get your priorities mixed up. David said that God's word is more valuable than any of that stuff. It says nothing on earth compares to the word of God. Um, so think about this family. Um, God's given us the, the word of God. It's our it's it's our blueprint. Um, it's our guide. It's a, it's a, it's a map. And eventually it's, it's a map. And as a kid, every, every kid wanted to find a treasure map and, and find the treasure. God's given us the treasure map. It's the word of God. And it, the final destination is paradise with Christ. It doesn't get any better than that. It's the word of God. David said all this other stuff, all these other treasures can fade away. But the word of God is more valuable, beneficial and excellent than anything that you could ever want. We got it. We found the treasure map. Get excited. It gives us a relationship with Christ right here and right now. And it leads to, to riches and, and, and paradise and a blessed life now and when we transition. We found it. You got the treasure map. Ha! We got it. Everybody's looking for it and it's right here. Where it says the, it's the, the best 
best-selling book of all times and the treasure map is hidden, hidden right in plain sight. <laughs> Everybody got a treasure map. Somewhere in their home, they got a treasure map and refused to look in it and to find out that the treasure's been here all the time. Now we have to hide it in our heart. David said, I got all this stuff, this gold and silver, but this treasure map, this word of God is more valuable, more blessed, more excellent and beneficial than anything that we could ever imagine or possess on earth. Verse 73, David gets excited and he says, God, your hands, hands meaning strength, your, your strength has made me. Look at this, made in the Hebrew. God, your hands, your strength has made. Made means prepared, produced, appointed, ordained, and observed me. Say, God, you made me, and God, you observed me when you made me. Amen. Let me say it again. God's, David said, God, you made me. You prepared, you produced, you appointed, you ordained, and you observed me. Make a note, observe. You and I are not a mistake. When God was making us, when God was shaping and forming us, he observed us. God had his eyes open. God didn't create you with his eyes closed. He observed you when he made you. That's why in Psalms 139, it says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're not an accident. You're not a mistake. I don't care what who says. God says he made you. You are a man. You are a God made man. You are a God made woman. You're not a self-made anything. You're a God made. And God had his eyes open and he observed everything that he was doing. And he produced you and he created you and he appointed you. That's why David is excited and blessing God. Says God has made, prepared, appointed, ordained. You and I were not a mistake. God was looking at us when he made us. He didn't have on a blindfold and a one hand tied behind his back when he made you and I. He observed what he was doing. Don't let anybody lie to you. Don't let the enemy lie to you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a special treasure. The Bible says you're a special treasure to God. Why? Because he created you and he looked at you when he was creating you. And then it says he fashioned you. He firmly established, says God fixed us up. He set us up. God stabilized us. God makes us ready. The word fashion, let me say it again. He firmly established. He fixed you. He, you and I, he set us up. He stabilized us. He made us ready. He put us in order. God's word put us in order and it arranges us. And then it says he directs you and I and then he makes us what he created us to be. Said with his hands, with his strength. Make a note, family. Nobody knows you and I like God knows you and I. <laughs> Let me say it again. Stop looking for validation from people. And nobody made you but God. And God observed you and God prepared you and God appointed you. And then he says after he's done that, he's established you and he's fixed you up and he's set you up. God's done all. Nobody knows you and I like God. That's why David's so excited. That's why God, David said, I'm going to treasure this word in my heart so I don't break God's heart. The more we have the God's word and, and treasured in our heart, the less we break God's heart through sin. 
Make a note of that, family. That's why it's so important. And we're studying uh, 2 Samuel uh, during Bible study. We know David has some jacked up stuff going on in his life. So it doesn't mean you're perfect, not by any stretch of the imagination. But David says, I, I, I got to treasure God's, in, in my, God's word in my heart. <clears throat> so when I'm aware that I'm, I'm into sin and something I'm not supposed to, then it's, it's much less. And I stop breaking God's heart because I'm treasuring his word in my heart. You'll break God's heart less when you have God's word in your heart. If you're biblically illiterate and you don't have the word, then you don't even know what sin is. You, don't, you could care less. You live by opinions and emotions, and then you do what you feel like doing, which is probably contrary to the word of God. In most cases, it is. So you are a God-made man. You're a God-made woman. <clears throat> and then David says it at the end of verse uh, 73, give me understanding, give me discerning, give me insight that I could learn. Here it is, that I could become an expert, trained expert in your word, and then I can teach others. David, he's begging for God's perception. He's, he's, he's begging for God's insight. God, give me discernment that I may learn. Here's that word, learn again, that I can teach and instruct and become an expert in your word, and then I will instruct others. So, so write this down, those of you that take notes. You are a God-made man or woman. And then like David, beg God to give you insights and discernment so you can learn to teach and to train and become an expert. And then you can instruct others in the word of God. That's what Paul and Silas are doing. They've been trained by God. They know God's word. They were beat in the inner prison, stripped naked, Singing praises. Why? Because God's word is in their heart. And then when the jailer wanted to, wanted to kill himself, they said, no, don't do yourself any harm. Let us introduce you to the God, the creator of the world and his word that will be your foundation to rescue you and your family for the rest of your life. Now, let's finish like this. Let's just look quickly at Psalms 119, 67. So we can see the purpose of affliction. And then we're out of here, family. Just a couple more minutes. So this is the prequel. Like when you watch a movie and the sequel is the one that comes after, the prequel is what comes before. So this is the prequel to David being afflicted. Let me say that again. You're watching a movie, you love the movie, and they have the, pre they have the sequel, right? The one that comes after, Terminator 1, Terminator 2. Right. Then they'll go back and create a prequel, which shows you what happened before one and two. So we go to the prequel before David's affliction, before his humiliation. And that's in Psalms 119.67. David says, before I was humiliated, I went astray. He said, before I got humiliated, I was doing my own thing. Uh, I went astray. He said, I was deceived and committing Ignorant sin is the Hebrew translation. David said, before I got humiliated and humbled and disciplined by God, I wasn't just committing sin. I was committing ignorant sin. <laughs> and that was before he got humiliated. He was committing ignorant sin. And if you want to take a look at it, you can read the entire book of uh, 2 Samuel. And that's, that's David as king. You want to look at some of the ignorant sin that he was committing. 
He says, before I was humiliated, I was committing ignorant sin, but now have I kept your word. Some things we got to go through. He says, and, and the word kept. He says, I was, before I was humiliated, I was deceived and committing ignorant sin. But now I pay attention. <laughs> That's what the word kept. He said, but now, Lord, oh, oh, I'm paying attention. Once I got afflicted, once I got humiliated, once I was made weak, once I was disciplined, now I pay attention, Lord. And now I listen. And now I observe. And I protect and I treasure your word and your commandments. I understand what it means to be prescribed and amount in the right time. David said, all that affliction just caused me to get my mind right and to run to God. And that's why in verse 68, then he's, look what he says. And let's end on this. God, you're good. <laughs> although I got afflicted, <laughs> although I got humiliated because I was so far deceived and in ignorant sin, my, my brother Tommy would say strong delusion is what the world is creating for us now. You can be caught up in a strong delusion. And God will have to humiliate you to bring you back home. That's what David is saying. I was in some ignorant sin. But I went through and I came out and I learned the word of God. And now I decree and declare in verse 68 that God is good. Now, word good in the Hebrew means pleasant, agreeable, beneficial. God causes us to progress and God's excellent, an excellent blessing. God is good. God is pleasant, kind, precious, sweet. Cheerful, joyful, beautiful, and loving. Recognize the characteristics of God. Let me say those again. God is good, pleasant, kind, excellent, precious, sweet, agreeable, gracious, cheerful, joyful, beautiful, and loving. Those are the characteristics of God. As David went through his affliction, he said, that's the God I serve, and that's who God is. God loved me so much that he calls me to go through so I can run back to him. Stop fighting against God. Stop allowing sinners and people who don't even read the Bible and know about the Bible tell you what God is like. How could God do? How as, as to insinuate that God is unfair. God is good. God is pleasant, kind, excellent, precious, sweet, agreeable, gracious, cheerful, joyful, beautiful and loving. That's what it means when it says God is good. That's what this word good means in the Hebrew. And then it says, God does good. Look what it says, 68. Thou art good and you do good. God is fair. God is equitable. God is right. And there he goes again. Teach me. Train me to be an expert and instruct others. So I can grow and become an expert in your word and then teach others. That's why Paul and Silas, that's why Paul and Silas gave him the word. And remember, make this last note, within God's word, there is a prescribed task. That's the purpose of affliction. Within God's word, there's a prescribed task. There's a prescribed portion, a set time, a boundary for you to live and grow and learn about God. Let us pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We bless you, Lord, that there's a purpose to affliction. There's a purpose to us being humbled and humiliated and made weak so we can 
pull on your strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The word says you're good, that you are joyful, God. We've been fighting the wrong enemy. We're fighting people where God says, you got to line up with me. You're, fight you're not fighting people. You're fighting. Your problem's not with people. It's not with another race, another color. Your problem is you won't humble yourself before me. You've been fighting your family and your friends and your loved ones. And God said, they're not the problem. Humble yourself before me. God is saying, I had to take you through some things we have to go through. God is saying, I got to take you through so you can learn and become an expert. If you don't go, then you don't know. If you don't go through, how can you teach somebody else that they can go through? God is saying, you got to go through. And when you come out of that, you got to go through something else because I'm, I'm teaching you. I'm, I'm instructing you to become an expert in the word of God, in the, in the love of God. In trusting God, and then you can go and tell somebody else just like Paul and Silas did. Treasure the word in your heart so you won't break God's heart as much. Lord, forgive us of our sins for fighting against everything else and not humbling ourselves before you. Our problem is not with anyone. Our problem is with our connection to God. Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us for making excuses and then taking it out on other people when you're really trying to humble us and discipline us and bring us back home to you. David said, before I was afflicted, I was out doing my own thing, committing, being deceived and committing ignorant sin. He said it was good and God is good. It was a blessing for me to go through. So now I know your word, Lord. I know the purpose you have for my life. Thank you for giving me a set task and a set time to work and to live for you and to experience the abundant life. Your word is more precious than any treasure or anything we could ever go after. Forgive us for getting our priorities out of, out of order and going after stuff when we should be just ex excited, even more excited about the the treasure map, the blueprint that we've had all along and never opened leads to paradise in Christ and a blessed life now. Thank you for your word this morning, Lord. Let us live it. Let us read it daily. We sure need it. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Maybe you're saying, Pastor, I've. I, I've never even taken the first step. I just happened to tune in and Zoom. Someone invited me, our Facebook Live, and, but I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Well, you're in the right place. And, it's, and, and people try and complicate it, but it's really simple. You just ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. The word says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be rescued, delivered from death, hell, sin, and the grave. It's just a commitment saying, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for resurrecting on that third day. Thank you for the forgiveness of my sins. Right now, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my heart, into my life. Come into my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can live for you. I accept you and I receive you and I embrace you now as my Lord and my personal Savior. It's in Jesus' name.
I pray. Amen. And if you made that commitment, then please send us an email at life at southbayalc.com. Want to send you some information. Maybe you rededicated your life. If you have any questions, please send the email. I promise you I'll respond. Give you some some scriptures, the word. That's all. Just like Paul inside us. I'll give you the word because the word is what's going to be your foundation, not words from a pastor, but the word of God. Because uh, God's always there and we know that we won't always be here. That's why it's important family that we give our kids the word of God, because it's a time when we transition. But this word never will. The psalmist says it, it goes from generation to generation. Think about all the generations since the resurrection of Christ that have gotten introduced to the word of God and the people have been long gone. So send an email. You get the word of God. And it, it shows you and it, it will it will show you how to be strengthened and how to grow and develop that relationship with God. And it's uh, it's not about you. It's what Jesus Christ has already done. All right, family, remember, make a note, two o'clock. We will be meeting at two o'clock. Members, if you don't have the coordinates, email me, life at southbayalc.com. If you need specific prayer, please email me, life at southbayalc.com. Want to make a note, please attend Bible study uh, this Wednesday night, 6.30 to 7.30. The Zoom coordinates uh, password and everything is on our website, southbayalc.com. Let me say that again. If for Sunday morning, if you're inviting someone for Sunday morning or Wednesday night, send them to our website. The, the Zoom link and the coordinates are on the website, southbayalc.com. Please invite a friend. And then we want to thank you, as always, for your giving. Uh, and, and for uh, members at two, uh, two o'clock or meeting, then at 2.30, the missionaries are going to join the Zoom uh, call. And then you're going to see how you're, how you're giving, how you're being a blessing to people all around, literally all around the world. And God, we thank you. As the world is fading away, we're getting your word to others and your word never fades away. So we're so grateful and so thankful. And just know, family, and you'll see how we vetted uh, all of our missionaries and our dollars that we give to them on a monthly basis goes exactly to where it's supposed to go, to be right on the front lines and teaching people about Jesus Christ. So you'll be pleased with that. You're going to be so inspired. So uh, thank you for your giving. Thank you for um, for being there at two o'clock, looking forward to seeing you and just kind of catching up with some of you. It's going to be a great blessing for all of us. Um, and so that is it. We will pick it up next week and we will be in the word. We will be teaching the word as God is using affliction to train us and to help us become experts so we can instruct, instruct others in the word of God. That's powerful. Stop fighting God. Humble yourself and let God work in your life. Apologize to your family. Apologize to your spouse. Apologize to your siblings, to your friends. Ask for forgiveness. Humble yourself and watch God work in your life. Bow your heads. Lord, we thank you that you've come to give us life. And that more abundantly, an extraordinary life, a blessed life in Jesus Christ. And we thank you for it. Bless your people. Thank you for a blessed service from the worship to the word.
And we love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, family, I'll see you at 2, and then I look forward to seeing you all Wednesday night at 6.30 at Bible study. Can't wait. We'll just continue to, to grow and to learn and be instructed, become experts through our affliction in the Word of God, and then we're going to go out and share it with others. Be encouraged. Study your Word daily. If you're looking for a, a how to study daily, send me an email, life at southbayalc.com. I'll give you a, a plan and a pattern how to study this word daily, this hidden treasure that leads us eventually to paradise with Christ. Love you. Zoom family, Facebook Live family, South Bay Abundant Life Church. Love you. God bless you. See some of you at two and see the others on Wednesday night. Bye bye.